Welcome to episode 82 of the RXP Podcast, where three working professionals talk about the games, movies, and shows they love to enjoy in their free time. I'm your host, Alex, as always, and joining me today are Matt. What's going on? And Tiffany. Hello, hello. And we're back, viewers. I know it's been a while since our last episode. Obviously, we mentioned that these episodes will be a little bit more infrequent. You know, we're trying to keep up as much as we can, but obviously life gets in the way, right? And so we're, we come together in these times where we think there's substantial uh, information to talk about, what we've enjoyed, what um, what we haven't enjoyed yet, or what we've yet to enjoy, and most importantly... You know, us just sharing time, talking to each other, catching up, you know, even though we do catch up outside of the podcast, but this is also to share with you guys, you, the listeners. So thank you for being here. Uh, And so for today's episode, it's mostly going to be split into two primary segments. You know, look at the timestamps below if you want to skip ahead or scrub around, you know, do what you will. And that'll be in the first half we're going to talk about, you know, Hot Game Summer was one of our last episodes, so we want to talk about what we've done, not necessarily just game-wise, but entertainment in general. And then the second half is going to be what we're looking forward to, what we're going to try and get to by the end of 2023, kind of those goals, and maybe a little bit beyond, you know, peaking into January, February of 2024 a little bit, considering there's a lot of uh, big titles that are coming out at that time period. But to get started, you know, Hot Game Summer, we're officially in fall now. How how was summer for you guys? Did you get to what you wanted to see? I know there's a lot of Barbenheimer hype between you two. Have, did, did they live up to the expectations? Have we talked about Barbenheimer yet? We we have not talked about Barbenheimer. Oh my gosh. Alex, did you watch Barbie or Oppenheimer? I, I have not seen either wow. Barbie okay. or Oppenheimer. So I, I'm the complete newbie in this situation. But, you know, talk as much as you want. Spoil as much as you want. If case there's spoilers, we'll say it. You know, it'll be in the timestamps or whatnot. But have at it. Are you planning on watching any of them from what you've heard so far about things? I think I'll watch both at some okay. point. But I, I think because of the way the stories are and how much I've heard, I wouldn't say my enjoyment of them will be mm-hmm. ruined if there mm-hmm. are spoilers. I mean, I do hear not necessarily a spoiler, but like there being a random scene in Oppenheimer that maybe doesn't really fit the film. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking but, about. <laughs> but, but besides that, you know, I don't think like these are stories that get completely ruined via spoilers. So I'm not really averse to anything. Well, I, watched I mean, it. history happened. It did. You know? It did. It was always yeah. spoiled with we Barbie. Yeah. The ending. Yeah, exactly. Not even talking about Oppenheimer. Yeah. (laughs) I watched it the way the Lord intended it. Oppenheimer one night, Barbie the next night, get depressed, then get just like a bunch of epinephrine just straight into my bloodstream Uh, the second night. It was what a wild pair of things. It was was like, remember when uh, Doom and Animal Animal Crossing came out at the same time? It's like yes. weird, like, these two parties meeting and being happy for each other and, like, friends with each other. That is exactly what I felt with Barbie and Oppenheimer. Like, they couldn't be further from each other. And, man, I loved them. I loved both of them. Did you end up watching Oppenheimer, Tiffany? No. <gasps> so this actually leads to a very great opportunity where I imagine that family movie night will happen with the Oppenheimer. Our father very much enjoys mm-hmm. World War II movies. Um, so I feel like, well, you know, 
actually, he might be a little bit um, less interested due uh-huh. to all the talking, I imagine. Because um, I realize when I say that he enjoys World War II movies, it's like, you know, the war, the actual like submarines right, right. and like air fighter players or whatever. But I think, you know, I'm going to pitch it to him if he would like to join us for an Oppenheimer and watch. He's more than welcome. But no, I haven't seen it, but I do plan on seeing it. In fact, I would like to see it before the calendar year is over. Okay, good. Like, you definitely should. Let's talk about Ivan Iver first, and then we'll talk about Barbie. And then we could both you know, gush about that place. Um, Oppenheimer, though, what a fantastic ride. Of course, like, it is it is a talky movie. It's kind of like mm-hmm. um, imitation game almost in the sense of that's the style as far as um, it's a war movie, but not directly about war, of just basically, like, the ethical ramifications of building something that could literally obliterate half of the world. And in that instance, they didn't even know if that was going to be contained and kill just all of the world at you know just by experimenting with this stuff. It was right. really really awesome. I think Christopher Nolan, who directed the film, is just like a master class in building tension with visuals with sound design. I just enjoyed every single part of it. I think the when you look at the actors that are in this movie, it's just an all star cast. I, I think when we talk about the Oscars next year. Um, aka no one talks about the Oscars because no one wants to talk about the Oscars except for me on this podcast. But when I try to get you guys to talk about the Oscars next year, I'm going to be talking about Oppenheimer. Robert Downey Jr., like he is showing he can be more than just um, uh, Tony Stark. Like he is, he's just showing like, yes, this is what I've been, I've personified Iron Man the past how many years? Like 13 years, whatever it was. And honestly, you just lost him in the movie. And then you realize, holy crap, that's Robert Downey Jr. And he is just putting on a show. And he's not even the main person. Honestly, I didn't know Robert Downey Jr. was in the movie until like a month before it released. So I, I'm pumped for this. And, I, oh, go ahead. And I didn't know he was in the movie until right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he's not, he wasn't really shown that much. And he has overall a pretty small part, but I, I would bet some money that he's going to get a lot of nods as far as like best supporting actor uh, from from his portrayal. Uh, Cillian Murphy, fantastic, loved every single part of that. Um, but I, I definitely give it a go. It's a three-hour movie. It's it's definitely a slog. If you know if your dad's not into a lot of talky movies or long movies, might be a tough sell. But he could also get a really good nap and wake up to an atomic bomb. You know, like that that could also be fun. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that could be invigorating for him, to yeah. be honest. Uh, it wasn't a perfect movie, but I definitely enjoyed it. It's probably my favorite movie I've watched this year, I would say. Overall, as far as the strength of the movie, from just a movie standpoint, I think it's the best done movie this year. Awesome. Yeah. I do want to call into question, and maybe you already explained it, but Across the Spider-Verse Part 1? I don't know. Well, like I, I have it. So, and I remember we talked about mm-hmm. the part one kind of syndrome there, where it makes it it does like kind of lessen that experience. I remember that from our peer right. review, which go, by the way, go check out if you haven't listened. Mm-hmm. We did do a review of Spider Man Across the Spider Verse on the channel on your podcast feeds. Go check it out. I would say it is a better movie overall than Across the Spider Verse. 
I know though, from the three of us, I was the coolest on that film. So there's that. I think Into the Spider-Verse is a better overall film still to this point, just because it's a concise story and we can like not worry about the climax happening at different times. But um, yeah, I would stand by that. I, I think Oppenheimer overall, the best film I've seen all year. Fair enough. I had to remind myself what I rated Barbie because it's kind of, it's been a little minute. I really want to watch it again. I haven't, I only watched it the one time in the theater uh, opening weekend. And, you know, we, I opened up trusty letterboxed mm-hmm. um, and looked at my rating, which was actually kind of fun. And I gave Barbie a nine. Yeah. I really liked Barbie and it was fun. I dressed in all pink. Even my shoes. I had a pink and, shirt on. Yeah, you had a pink shirt that on. Was the thing, yeah. We were vibing. I honestly, I did not expect the movie to be done so well mm-hmm. for a toys to life plot. Um, but the colors were fun. The story actually made sense, mm-hmm. minus like Will Ferrell's, you know, corporate situation. Um, that was a little bit weird, but I really like the message that the story was giving and um, seeing, you know, society and someone's eyes are new to it. Like seeing Ken's vision of society as a whole when he came to the real world and seeing Barbie be crushed mm-hmm. by what's happening in the real world for for women was Kind of, I mean, it was kind of depressing, but it was like cool to see them like kind of take it in and then go in a different direction or go above, you know, stand on their own two feet and make their own decisions about what's happening. I really like that. Also, there was a monologue or a soliloquy rather about women treating other women poorly, but, you know, we shouldn't do that. You know, yeah. it was just a lot of like that conversation mm-hmm. and I very much felt that. Oh, like personally and mm-hmm. i i really liked it i thought it was fu- and it was funny it was very funny yeah as a non-female like i i still am am there with you like with all those things like i think the message was pretty clear but it was like in a fun package it wasn't like oh well we have a good message and like the rest of it's blah like it was so right. much fun and i was laughing the entire time and <laughs> when the kins had like their music number i yeah. <laughs> I have listened to um, I'm Just Kin. Is is that the song? Yeah, yeah. I think I don't yeah, I think um, it's like that. It's something like that. Um, I'm just yeah. Ken. Yeah, it's da, on Spotify. Da, da, Honestly, da, da, da. Yeah. that entire soundtrack, best soundtrack of the year. It it should win stuff for that. I think it's gonna have a great chance at best set design and costumes. I hope Greta Gerwig gets like everything she wants because she's like one the now like most renowned female director but like overall she's just an awesome director period like doesn't matter if she's a woman or a man or not like she is just like a fantastic director and i think she killed it like i i had i'll be honest i had pretty low expectations i was like oppenheimer gonna be a 10 out of 10 barbie it's gonna be a 7 out of 10 good time but like not expecting anything else but barbie brought it like it was it was awesome. She did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. So, so good. Margot Robbie made for it. Made for that role. And Ryan Gosling. Yes. My, like, honestly, 
I I can't wait to see him when he does um that book that you told me about Andy Wire <gasps> Project Hail Mary Project Hail Mary when he yes. does that like the the amount of joking that happens in Project Hail Mary I was like is that gonna be Ryan Gosling like is he gonna be like that smart mouth just like astronaut by himself kind of like giving himself these own monologues as he's going through the scientific method after honestly after watching Barbie I was like can't wait can't wait for that film. These, this writer strike needs to end because, like, I need them to start working on this now. It's going to be great. Yes, I'm so excited for that. I also wanted to shout out another summer movie. Uh, it came out in June, which was Elemental. Oh, okay. It's I never saw It's now it. out. It's on Disney+. Plus. Okay. It just, it just came to Disney+, Plus a couple weeks ago. And I very much love that movie because it's a, it ended up being, like, an immigrant story. And the story of a girl, you know trying to figure out what she wants in life. Does she want to take over her father's shop? Does she want to live her own life? You know, that struggle for her Mm -hmm. also hit me, like, in the feels. Like, just a lot of feelings this summer. But I really like that movie. I love the aesthetic of that movie. And I love the, you know, the message that it brought. Mm -hmm. And also, I think it really helps put into perspective almost like, in a for a child the views of what happens sometimes for immigrants you know a little bit of discrimination all that and i felt Mm -hmm. like it didn't like kind of it didn't like shove it down our throats it was very nuanced Mm -hmm. and so i thought that it showed a great message yeah man and for me with elemental because i watched it when it came to disney plus that similar to how kind of i guess your expectations with barbie where you you might come into it thinking oh you know this is gonna be okay seven out of ten you know for me i had the same thing right when i first when you kind of see elemental as like a package i kind of just think is this a a knockoff inside out you know is it it kind of gives a similar vibes where it's like oh is it like each element is like representing a particular like group or whatever mm-hmm. you know kind of some there's some sort of association to be made with each element uh-huh. uh and in that regard i'm like okay is this just going to be a story about kind of like working together right it's like oh there are differences between these elements but together right they can create things you know that type of idea but then it ends up right kind of taking that detour and it's not just kind of this in a way just a like classic story of saying okay you're immigrants right you're not native to this town you know there's not a lot of you here right there's not a lot to like associate with but it's that idea of building the community kind of finding your place and saying you know you might have this background and you might have those preconceived expectations but then there's a lot to say you know you don't necessarily need to follow that path and you might find something that takes you down a different path right and it's that kind of touching story of saying I know where I came from and not necessarily say that that is who I have to be, but, you know, kind of finding your own way and being like, this is parts of me that then I can turn into kind of a new, right. New person, mm-hmm. new kind of integration. And so I wouldn't say it's like a nine out of 10 or a 10 out of 10. It's just, it's definitely better than a seven out of 10, right. It's better than what a initial expectation might lead you to believe. And it, I think for me, a lot of what carried it was it was very well paced, Mm -hmm. right? And I think for stories, a lot of time, they can come off a lot worse than they are if they're slow, right? If they're sluggish parts, but because it's a children's movie, right? It's not long, you know, this isn't three three plus hours. This isn't like an Oppenheimer epic. It's uh, a sharp, I think like an hour 45 minutes and it really 
moves along quickly so you don't get stuck anywhere that you might call like a slow part so i've i appreciate it for that i haven't really kept up with as many of the disney animated movies recently like probably in the past like five-ish years how does this one stack up against some of the most recent disney animated movies so i personally liked elemental better than strange new world which was disney's disney pictures or disney animation studios which is the same studios that did frozen and tangled okay um but i you know i will i might even say that i like this better than lightyear the last pixar oh, movie no, that came out this is definitely way better than lightyear <laughs> Wow, that actually is surprising to hear. Alex has a very big Toy Story history. Uh, So hearing that is actually kind of big praise. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like this is maybe, but you know, it's not, I like turning red more than elemental. So, you know, it really just depends. Like, I, I I think Disney has been doing solid, solid work. Okay. Like at least like one movie a year that's like very, very good. Like highly recommend. Uh, their next film is called Wish. And that is coming out this holiday. And that's by Disney Animation Studios. And Chris Pine is one of the voices in it. I think he plays the bad guy. So I'm kind of leaving my, you know, options open with that one or my opinions. Like I'm, I'm going to go in not with any without any preconceived notions because I also still kind of don't really know what it's about other than the title and who some of the actors are. I'll say Elemental's good, but if I were to recommend one, and I'll challenge you, Tiffany, as well, to recommend one of like the Pixar Disney animation suite from like the most recent few years, I would say the one to watch, if in case you haven't watched it yet, because I don't know, is Soul. He has I, I have seen that one. Oh, you have I watched really Soul? like okay. that one. Yeah. Okay, then yes. That that I say in the most recent selection, none of these have been better than Soul for me. Okay. Personally. Wow. I really enjoyed Soul and so this kind of I'd say if that's your if you've watched that, I would say they all kind of fall shorter than that bar. Okay. But Elemental, you know, is up there. It kind of reaches that level. I think I would Matt, have you seen Turning Red yet? I have not. I've not. Oh, I've failed as a friend to, to you because you I know how special it is to you. That movie, that literally if you want to see like 13-year-old or 12-year-old Tiffany. Okay. Like, that movie is was me. I was When did you movie. first turn into a panda? You know, that's just in the dreamscape. <laughs> Got it. In my dreams. <laughs> All right, so we've covered movies. Do do we got games? Are there games to be had? I've got a confession. I've already a con- confession. I've already confessed oh, to both of you in separate times, but you may not know that this confession has continued since the last time I confessed to you guys. I picked up a game that was a goal of mine to finish by the end of this year, called Persona Five Royal, and I've played now about 110 hours of that game. Who boy. And I've been doing that over the past few months. And you might ask, Matt, you're, you're a busy guy. You've got a lot of time that you're spending on this game. Where did this time come from? And I'll tell you where it came from. It came from letting go of Marvel Snap. I have not played Marvel Snap in the past oh, few months. And Man. 
it hurts me because I, I I keep getting notifications. They're like, come back, new season, new, and I'm like, nope, I can't, I can't, because now I'm just like playing on my backbone on the couch, and it just like completely changed the landscape of my gaming. And it's been really awesome. Like I've really enjoyed Persona Five Royal, Marvel Snap. I, I'm sure you guys have been playing, and you guys still have texted me about it, and I I enjoy seeing the new variants and all those things so keep them coming um but i uh persona 5 royal fantastic today i infiltrated the last palace and this is the palace that is specific to royal so i'm nearing the finish line i'm planning on finishing it this week before i'm away from the house for another week so um that's my goal that's my goal to finish it up get that platinum and I will be sending you all a text when it happens because it's going to happen. And it's been an awesome ride. Really, really good. Fantastic recommendation. I would love to talk more about it. Spoilery later on at some point when I figure out what's actually happening. The last little bit is really confusing. So I'm, I'm in the midst of it. So I don't even know what's happening. But once I figure it out, I would love to talk about it. How much of this momentum will carry into playing strikers and or tactica i i i don't know if i will go to to strikers because i've never been a huge fan of that game style i am a fan of tactica style i'm i'm a fan of tactical games the fire emblem style of things that sounds perfect like i love these characters i know these characters I've been with them for 110 hours, so it's like oh my God. I feel like I I owe it to them in a way. Nakama. Yeah, like I feel like <laughs> I owe it to them to play that tactical game. I don't know if it's going to happen this year, but for sure at some point that's definitely on, on the radar because I love tactical games so much. I've really only been playing Snap and Final Fantasy 16, which was like eons ago at this point. My video Did you finish game it? And, yeah. Yeah, you finished. Um, yeah, Matt, yeah. we had a peer review. Yeah. I never Which, by went the way, back. Listeners, we have a peer review. Go check it out on the channel. Yeah. Uh, I never went back and finished the hunts. I said um, I wanted to do that. It's still installed on my PlayStation 5. I just haven't done it yet. I, I feel like I should just delete it. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I only had like 10 hunts mm-hmm. left. Honestly, I, I love know. I love the hunt system in mm-hmm. Final Fantasy 16. If we just like take a park here for a second, because I also saw um, with Rebirth. I don't know how much you guys are like media blackout for Rebirth. I don't want to say anything if you guys like don't want to hear anything I'm about not. the game. Alex, I'm kind of looking at you. Uh, you can say stuff. I haven't looked at anything, okay. but you can say if there's something you want to point out, you can mention it. I will just say that I had heard from their play play. You know, I didn't look at anything and just like heard from different podcasts and stuff that there are hunts in Rebirth. And that made me very, very excited because one of my favorite parts of Final Fantasy 16 was where the hunts. I, I thought that they were super well done and they're really fun boss fights, some of the hardest fights in the whole game. So yeah. I think it's like they don't take that long too. like you can honestly probably knock them all out. But I'm proud of you because guess what? Final Fantasy 15. Still dead to rights. Still dead on the backlog, never to be seen again. So good job for getting Final Fantasy 16 out of there. 
how dare you? <laughs> it's such a back did, did they mention? Did they mention, though, with the hunts, is it going to be, like, 16s where they just, like, kind of generally describe where it is and you have to go find it, or... You know, they didn't. They didn't say anything. I hope it is like that, because that was kind of part of the fun of aimlessly walking around and trying to figure it out based upon just rumors and things like that. I, I appreciated that more than Final Fantasy VII Remake, where you just went into that, like, VR station. Yeah, the Chadley's like simulation yeah. battle arena. I, like that isn't as interesting as me as like actually fighting something in the real world. I'm hoping since this one is out of Midgard, it might open that up to be a possibility to where you can just do hunts at different places outside of Midgard. So I, I'm hoping for that, but we'll see. Yeah, I know Chadley does make a return, so we have not nah. seen the last of him. He will Chadley. continue. And- <laughs> <laughs> and on the original trailer for Rebirth, I think they did show like some of the things were in the VR simulation. So I think that mechanic also just does let it die, but... Sony. It's Chadley VR I mean, too. I mean, I think it's like an easy way of saying, "Hey, fight this thing," but it's like a data copy, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't have to create some sort of like lore reason as to why you're fighting this particular thing right because at least i guess they're trying to put it in all in the world perspective yeah so it's not just like oh yeah you're fighting this god just because yeah. it's like no it's like the data of around. this god yeah, yeah just sim- a simulation of him not just he just there's not just like this random summon just kind <laughs> of you know chilling out by the waterfall yeah or something like that Okay. I mean, I'm in a similar boat to Tiffany. I've mostly played kind of my perennial games that I typically go back to, you know, Hearthstone, League of Legends, Marvel Snap. Uh, but one game I have been able to get there. I'm not done with it yet, but similar to Matt's, my goal to finish it this week as of a recording is Sea of Stars. So, you know, it's that SNES style uh, RPG, kind of Mario RPG esque as well. It's got all, it's turn based. Uh, there's bonuses for timing button presses as the attacks land, so it encourages kind of that active aspect where you're not just like mm-hmm. sitting there after you click a command. That's you know, you idea. have to be engaged with it. Um, and I'd say as much as I was excited for it, in that I was following this game since the Kickstarter launched a few years ago. Although I didn't back it. So it this game is freely available on PS Plus Extra, that middle tier, and Game Pass. So in case you're a Game Pass subscriber or an extra tier subscriber, you can get this game, play it for free, download it right now. Uh, and I would say it's coming across a bit more simpler than I would have liked. I think a lot of this game has a lot of breadth in that... There's a lot of new things it throws at you, a lot of new enemies, a lot of different designs, environments, but the combat is very simplistic. Um, at this point, I think I have all the moves for each of my characters, so your characters learn four combat abilities besides uh, your basic attack, and that's it. And so I think it tries to keep you engaged with the variety of enemies you face, but the actual combat, right, is very simplistic. You know, you're only using one of these four abilities, 
Um, and yes, that makes it easier to kind of learn the timing aspect of these things, right? To help you, you know, defeat enemies more easily. But I think it definitely kind of lessens the tactical depth, right? Mm -hmm. You're not really worried about a lot of like specific uh, instances to say, oh, if I have like 20 moves, you know, you're not necessarily going to use 20 moves every battle, but you're going to find those enemies, right? Where one move might be more effective than the other. And it's not really the case in this, in this game because there's so little moves. So I'll probably talk more about it in an, uh, in a new review format. You know, we might introduce on this channel later on. But as of being halfway through the game right now, I would say it's good. It's not great, but it's worth a shot, especially if you can play for free. My question to you is you've platinumed Octopath Traveler 2. Was that this year? I have. That was this year. It was back in February is when it came out. I think I platinumed it in like March or okay. April, but it did come out in February. So you're halfway through the game, so maybe it's an unfair question to ask, and you can answer this later if you want to. Which is better? For like a JRPG standpoint, which one would you say at the end of the year, this will be the best JRPG that I've, I've played this year? Which one do you recommend? There we go. I mean, that is an easy answer, and that is Octopath Traveler 2. I say that with reservation, mostly because I know a lot of people didn't like the first Octopath Traveler because mm -hmm. of how disjointed the character stories are. There's all right, you're going through eight different characters' mm -hmm. paths. They have their individual stories, and a, there's there was little overlapping of characters in other characters' stories. In two, they do a, be a better job in kind of incorporating them. They're not necessarily there to impact the story, but they have comments, right? Like, if you have a certain party member, uh, when a certain event happens for another character, they'll, ha like, post the event. They'll have a conversation. You'll be able to get those insights to be like, oh, you know, the dancer might have something to say about the merchant. And it's, like, a really interesting insight about, like, traveling, right, and being used mm -hmm. to this idea of, like, going from place to place and vice versa, you know. And so while they still lack the depth of impacting each other's stories, they have more ways to involve the characters, which makes it more interesting. And, you know, any game that can get me a – or give me a challenge where the true optional final boss takes me 10 hours worth of tries – really last with you because of just how painstaking that process was <laughs> Dang. so i would say i would definitely recommend and it is optional don't be scared by that fact you do not have to face this it's technically like the true ending uh if you do so there is that um but i would it, it's easily octopath travel too okay um despite it also being a full price game i think it definitely begets the price uh over sea of stars wow Usually I feel like a battle that long would make someone have bad feelings about a game. Well, it that. wasn't one battle of 10 hours. It was like 10 hours worth of tries. So like me battling, getting killed, having to rethink the team, me trying again, getting killed, and so on and so forth. But then at the very end, you know, it's the satisfaction of getting landing the final blow, seeing like the fade out, seeing the final cutscene. And most importantly, Matt, you understand, yeah. hearing the little chime oh, yeah. and seeing the notification in the top right-hand corner of the screen, getting that platinum trophy. The best thing. And so, really, that's what drove me. I was able to do it. And I'm hopeful, even though they definitely have a reference that 
there may or may not be an Octopath Traveler 3, right? There's really no, I guess, solid plans for it. I do hope they continue the series, especially the art aesthetic is gorgeous. I love the HT2D. I know Square Enix is using it for a lot of games now, and I appreciate it because I love it. And so just make more games in that style. Um, all right. Oh, and I guess just to backtrack a little bit, since we mentioned 16, Matt, did you know 16 is getting DLC? Really? What? Yes. I thought they were saying no so, DLC. I guess no, I guess both of you didn't know. So they did announce during Tokyo Game Show it is getting two pieces of paid DLC. What? Is that story DLC? Like, did they and, talk about and it? And they are both pieces of story DLC post the ending. Oh my what? gosh! Do we have a like a estimated time of arrival? They said they have started development, so there's no oh time frame. But wow. they said like the DLC now. is now in development. Wow! They d- they saw that how much money they made after selling that yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. They're like, they we can't like, leave that there. Yeah. Yeah, we can't. Oh, we can't. We gotta, we're gonna figure we out leave. if who died at the end, because the yes. other person will be the main character. <laughs> Put that to yeah. rest. So, Tony, even though you didn't go back and do the hunts, maybe when the DLC comes out, you do that. You pick up the hunts on the side. Honestly, yeah. probably. Like, for reals. If there's reason to get back in. I knew, I was like, should I complete the hunts before I finish the story? Like, I other if I don't, there's a risk I'll never complete the hunts. And guess mm-hmm. what? I just wrote my own ending. Womp womp. Mm. Well, now yeah, I'm excited about that. They call it Final Fantasy. They do. They do call it Final Fantasy. Can it's I the Final scream Fantasy. to the rooftops about a TV show? Yeah. That I watched yeah, this you, past summer. Dur- during the summertime, of course. This is the time of summer. This is the time of summer. Y'all, I know both of you are fans of this IP. I watched live action One Piece and uh. I loved it. I absolutely loved it i'm going to i'm gonna start reading the manga because i loved the show so much one of us and i think it's gonna take forever for the and it got approved for season two that's another thing it got approved for so i think i started i started watching it after it got approved for season two and not necessarily because that was the reason but I was home, you know, it was it was 9 p.m. And I was like, maybe I'll watch one episode of something right before bed. You know, I wanted to go to bed a little bit earlier because I was not feeling well. Guess what? Four episodes later, it is 1 a.m. It is 2 a.m. I don't even remember. I think I went to bed at 2. I don't know. But I watched four episodes back to back to back because I was so enthralled with the story and so captivated by the characters. Wow. It was so well done. And as someone who literally only knew the names Mm -hmm. of some characters, I knew there was a character named Sanji. I knew there was a character named Luffy. And I knew there was a character named Chopper. Those are literally like the only three. And I didn't even know which character Sanji was. I'm I'm on board with this show. I'm on board with these characters. I loved it. I highly recommend it understand how i went through 400 episodes back in january of this year yes i do understand i completely understand like i i don't know and the thing is it's i think the character the actress who plays nami is actually like a fan 
you can tell just from the interviews that she's a big fan. Her Instagram has like photos of like anime characters even before like I think she was cast in the show. Zoro, the actor that plays Zoro is Japanese, so he was like I grew up with this show. Mm-hmm. He li- like he literally did. But I think um the char- the Isn't he younger than the IP? Say that again? Is he isn't he younger than the show? I don't think how old is One Piece? It's like 25. 1997. 90, so it's like 25, 26 years old. Yeah. So I think the actor is 27. Okay. So or he yeah. could be, you know what? Big I don't girl. know. He could be 25. I, you're right. We're getting to no- the age where these IPs are much older than the characters mm-hmm. or the actors that portray the characters. Yes. But, and you know, the, the actor who played Luffy just like had, I, I don't even know Luffy, but like in the show, he very much presented the energy that I would have thought Luffy had would have had if I had known who Luffy was. If that makes any sense. How are the effects? They actually spent some money on it. I ended up reading later that this is actually more expensive per episode than Stranger Things, like the most recent season of Stranger Things. And the effects are actually not bad. I'm going to go into spoilers, spoilers for the, these are kind of minor spoilers. Like if you've read the manga or watched the anime, you know, these spoilers, but in case for people who don't know anything about one piece, here's our spoilers. So when you meet buggy and he freaking is like in different pieces and Mm -hmm. whatever, it doesn't look as horrible as one would think. Like when he splits himself up into a bunch of different pieces and then puts himself back together, almost like a marionette or like a puppet, mm-hmm. like with where you'd see like the notches, that actually didn't look horrible. There were scenes with him just his head and you could kind of tell like they put him on a barrel. Like you would imagine that like maybe there was a, a hole for his head and that wasn't completely CG, but that wasn't like, it didn't take me out of the experience. Luffy's gum gum attacks actually not that bad the worst the worst part was in the final episode when he like it it, there was a combination of events happening in the last episode I was like okay that was a little bit rough with where where did they get to in the in the last episode Arlong Park okay they like finish did they like that. when he was underwater? They like stretch his neck all the way to the to the no. surface to breathe and stuff. That's what they did in no! the, the manga. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god, that would be so smart. Yeah. Like that makes sense that he would try <laughs> to do that. Oh, by the way, it took literally the eighth episode. Matt was when I was like, "Can they not swim?" Like oh, I, they didn't explain that. Okay. They they did a very like like haphazard or not haphazardly it was very just nuanced they were like you know mother nature takes away those people you know those who (laughs) turn their back to the ocean and i was like what does that mean like i didn't really i didn't take it as face value but literally later i was like oh and there was there was a scene with buggy trying to drown luffy in a box and i was like why is this kid struggling he can stand like I, the it was just like a weird a weird situation mm-hmm. that i didn't understand until literally the eighth episode when he got thrown into the water and then i was like oh he can't actually swim because i'm like this boy ain't even trying to get out of the water 
And that's when I was like, oh, okay. I'm excited for this. I, I need to watch it. Like, I, I 100% will watch it. I'm glad that it got a se- season two. I heard that Oda was prepared for 10 seasons of this. Yeah. Like, I actually don't know how old Oda is, but he's got a lot, like, on his mind. Like, he still is... I think is, he's, like, 40. He has to be, like, 40. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I have always pictured him to be a bit older. Um, we've got, like, a George like R. R. Martin. George R. R. Yeah. Martin. Like, I... <laughs> it's just Pirates. Like, please, please finish it. Please. Um, I'm excited. I'm very excited. There's... I would say the parts that you saw, if it only goes to Arlong Park, ooh, man, there is some bangers potentially in season two. That's all I'm going to say. On the, on that note, though, Matt, knowing that it's it has a budget that's like slightly more expensive per episode than Stranger Things, and I don't know how the CG looks like in Stranger Things, but based on your knowledge of Stranger Things effects... And this isn't really a spoiler because I'll speak generally, but how well do you think they can pull off the events of Marine Ford? That's the only thing that makes me really scared <laughs> because I was thinking about that this entire time we've been talking. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Like, I, I don't even know how they're going to portray certain people's powers and like the effects, the huge effects of certain people's powers because there are certain people like, even even Zoans, which is just like one of the three main devil fruit users, which are basically just animorphs. Like they mm-hmm. basically can turn into the animal and then like a creature in the middle. It will be weird when they get through a section where there's a lot of Zoans and seeing them transform. And I hope it doesn't look cheesy. I, like I think that's just going to kill a budget is to have a bunch of Zoans walking around where it's not going to be actors and they're going to have to CG so much. Like, I, I think it's only going to get more expensive at this point. That's my worry that this won't last 10 seasons, even though Oda's ready for it. I just looked it up. Oda is 48 years old. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Yep. Oh, wow. So- that means he started, like, right, like, as soon as he was, like, good to go for drawing. Like, he started one, like, this is his thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's just uh, a talented man. Can I ask you guys, like, who are who's your favorite One Piece character? Like, even if I don't know who this person is, like, who is it? Is it? Wow, that is such five? a hard question because literally there's like thousands of characters. Yeah, it's really tough. Okay, fine. What, crew members. Who, who's From the your crew? favorite crew member? Yes, any crew, whether it's like we haven't, if I haven't met them yet, or. Hmm. A uh, crew is easy for me. It's Frankie. Frankie is good. What's your reasoning with for Frankie? I think not necessarily just his like origin story, right? Because obviously, as they uh, and I hope the the live action does it justice, but right, they're gonna go through every character's kind of like origins mm-hmm. in terms of their background, and obviously the events with the crew is kind of part of the instigating factor right of them joining the crew right so they're going to have that journey with each of them you know especially what since you stopped out along park you know there's several characters you still haven't met yet right many that are going to be very close to that'll probably be in season two i hope they cover uh right because who knows how long these uh how many chapters these stories uh or how many chapters the season can cover uh, but i think 
it's the combination of his role in the crew and especially post time skip uh kind of those events you know just to be more general about it i think as the journey has gone on at least up to where i am he's contributed a lot and there's a lot of funny moments just because of how like who he is what he what he is i guess technically not to say anything but the the play on words and kind of the events and how he helps out the crew i really enjoy and there's a lot of like typically slapstick comedy involved so i really enjoy uh that kind of humor i think my favorite like i i kind of go between zoro and sanji i love their kind of like neck and neck um Legolas and Gimli style of like yeah, just at each so other's like throats that. all the time. They hate each other and it like pushes them to be the best. And when push comes to shove, like they will take care of the other person. I think Zoro though takes the cake. Like the dude is just completely loyal. He kills people way above his belt. Like he is an awesome, awesome person on the crew. I will say there is something close to the time jump that like luffy is the strongest one in the crew luffy gets kind of like all the accolades his bounty goes up the most but there is like one section that happens that if zoro wasn't him luffy would never become pirate king like he hasn't become pirate king spoiler yet like they're still working on it but like Mm -hmm. luffy's story would have ended if zoro wasn't there and i think that no other crew member can technically say that like they could probably all have that like defense of saying like, oh, we all needed everybody because, you know, right. the comma. Like, Not, yeah. <laughs> um, but Zoro is the one person where it was like literally he took the burden from Luffy and almost died, but still like took it and was didn't complain, didn't ask for anything, just like took it. And I, I just really like that. I also like that some serious things happen and like people are literally getting like kidnapped and people are getting killed or like you know beaten down or whatever and he's literally like sitting on the deck falling asleep like he didn't he was asleep the entire time and like all these things happen and then just like two chapters later Zoro wakes up and he's like what's happening and then he takes care of business like I love mm-hmm. that just like that trope that you sometimes see in like Japanese uh, manga or or anime anime or whatever honestly now i'm so excited to hear how you like the show because i think the show i like sanji based on the portrayal of the actor in the show Mm -hmm. so and we and sanji was the last member of the crew for the season and so i saw him the least and I adored him. Second, my second favorite character is Luffy. But I cried when Sanji said goodbye to Zeph. Mm. I was like, after seeing the what they've been through oh, and, red leg. and what, yeah, red, like I was like, and it wasn't even that an emotional of a goodbye, but it was like a sort of like a wave off, you know, um, on a ship. Did I tell you that I had a person that was interviewing? Um, for a residency yes. program, and they were they were talking about One Piece. They mentioned Piece. it in like a presentation about themselves. And so, me being me, when I was on a one on one interview with them, I asked them, "Hey, like, who is your favorite One Piece character?" One Piece Did I tell character. you who they'd pick? 
no you didn't tell me or uh, if you did i just didn't know who that like i didn't have any recollection they picked that. sanji because um sanji he basically was talking about how sanji is definitely one that doesn't give like many of the accolades isn't seen as like one of the strongest like from a media mm-hmm. standpoint but he is one of the strongest he is not a double fruit user so like he had to like work for everything that he has but then he also like puts his own limits on himself like how he doesn't use his hands because of like how he believes in like his goal of being like this this chef master chef yeah and like how he wouldn't compromise that to fight and so that he like changed his fighting style to be able to further his own goal while also being like this awesome fighter and honestly like trying to explain how that was such a good answer to all these people that are super not about anime (laughs) it was the hardest thing and i was like you guys are just gonna have to trust me this is a really good answer and i don't think that i could have had this good of an answer on an interview day yeah, for real. And I will say that, like, you know, I've heard some things about, you know, Pete, some friends were warning me about when if I get when I get into the manga, that Sanji is really more of a perv is, in the manga yeah. and the anime. That's but, why he couldn't be my number one, honestly. But in the live action, he's charming AF. Like, it does not come off as creepy and like, it'll get away from me. Don't talk to me. Like, he is just kind of i mean he's kind of corny to be honest I'm like okay fella like do you know what i mean like based, but I, I wasn't like get away from her like i wasn't like that at all based on the trailers it seems like they desexualized a lot of like aspects yes. of the story especially yes. like with nami right because like typically nami's like normal dress is much more busty pronounced and, like, than what i've seen bikini yeah. style or what yeah. i a friend told me that Oda Sensei uh, sort of supported his drawing style to say that he like is like drawing boys' dreams or something. I don't know. Like he thinks young boys are just into very voluptuous women. I have no. I I must be misquoting <laughs> my friend, but she was just like, yeah, Oda Sensei's gotten a lot of flack, you know, for having very sexual women, but he's like arguing, or he didn't argue, but he was saying, like, well, you know, it's as if like a boy was coming up with this or something. I, I would have butchered that entire I will say in the manga story. and anime, like, literally, Sanji is such a perv that he like has nosebleeds all the time. Oh, and there was certain, there were certain instances. Where he lost so much blood that he had to get medical treatment. No. God, I have to like look back. It was the start of the You can't 90s. ruin this for her. She, it started she in the 90s. I'm just telling you. Like, live action Sanji. Oh stick God. with live action Sanji because I think he has like a really great character arc. And he is mm-hmm. super loyal and will like put his life down for his friends. But... There are tropes that are done in the manga and anime that make me like eh, about Sanji. Dang. Okay. I also have to say that the actor that plays Sanji, Taz Skyler, he trained hardcore in martial arts to be able to like do most of the stunts himself. Oh, that's cool. From what I can, from what I can tell, like it really does look like he's in the harnesses, do you know the ones that kind of help with the jumping to make it look crazy, but. He did 
a lot of martial arts training. It's really and cool. yeah, I don't know. The, I we probably I don't even know. Did we spend like twenty minutes talking about this? I th- you I guys need to watch it. it. You guys need to watch it. I need to start reading it. I borrowed it from the library. It's ten weeks wait. <laughs> well, Matt did. He did share a resource with me that I could read a chapter like once or something. You yeah. gave me the app, but that's, that's how I got through all of it. I I still have like two hundred chapters to go before I'm up to date, but um, yeah. Once once I watch this show, I'll probably it might get yeah, you. it'll spark me to yeah. finish the rest. Yeah. And I'll say this, you know, despite obviously some of the characters being sexualized, like in the manga and in the anime. I would say Oda also goes beyond most mangaka or like right like mm-hmm. Japanese uh, artists or manga artists in that there's a lot of inclusive characters as well. Uh, you'll meet one kind of soon, like coming up very soon. It sh- maybe they cover the character or the characters involved in the next season of the live action. I can see that happening in terms of the arcs that can be covered. But then even, you know, where I am and going to the future, I know that there's some current characters that are relevant that are, you know, kind of go into that LGBTQA plus community. Mm-hmm. And I think that are properly and not to say they are properly represented, but it's showing respect, right? Like these aren't characters that are there and that have these that are themselves like to make fun of them. But it's also to say like these kind of people exist. It's not necessarily just in a joking way, but it's just pure representation. And so, and some of them, I mean, one of them in particular is very uh, pronounced in terms of they're very helpful to Luffy's adventure. Part of, you might say that they're like Luffy wouldn't be where he is if they didn't get help or if he didn't get help from this character. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I would say definitely to, you know, design besides, right? Because obviously there are a lot of things sexual about a lot of things, right? Obviously, you know, people love Game of Thrones. I think a lot of people love Game of Thrones because of how sexual it is. But besides that, you know, it has a lot of other traits that you can come to enjoy, right? Nakama being the number one trait, as we always mention on this podcast, that really brings it all together. Can Okay, the last thing I do want to tell you guys is that I did confirm in my research that Oda-sensei confirms that the one piece is not an abstract concept so it's not the friends we made along the way that's good that would be a really terrible ending (laughs) it's like what is this kingdom hearts yeah exactly i don't i was like okay so it is some sort of tangible (laughs) i mean my interpretation of that is some sort of tangible treasure Mm -hmm. so it's gonna be a fruit you think prediction it's gonna be a, a certain devil fruit what kind of devil fruit do you think? One Does that can turn swim to gold. They can turn everything <laughs> to gold. Oh, that can swim. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that would be the devil fruit to counter all devil fruits. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe it just it could be as boring as the pirate king devil fruit. Like you eat it and you become the king of the pirates. I thought you could only eat one devil fruit. Like I thought you couldn't eat more than one from Wikipedia. Did I just spoil uh, things? L- let's not go any farther than that. Let's oh. end the One Piece conversation oh, here. Oh, man. Okay. It gets like so good, start. Tiffany. Oh. Dang. I, oh, I need a... Marine Ford. Oh, That's all I want to so say. Good. Listeners out there, you know what Marine Ford yeah. means to you. And it means as much as it is, means to you as it does to me and Matt. Okay. <laughs> all right. With that, you know, summertime. We're cooling down. You know, as of recording this, it's officially the fall season autumn for you brits or 
Europeans out there or whatever fall is in your language. Uh, and so, you know, for the second half and maybe not half, I don't know how long this is going to take, but we want to cover kind of the things we're looking forward to, the things we want to get to, you know, going into the future. And in, and in this regard, and, you know, this can be flexible, but due to how long in the tooth we've gone already, give me the top three things you want to get through by the end of the year and maybe including January, February, if there's something there you want. Give me the top three things you're trying to get to. All right. I know one of them. Go for it. Spider-Man 2. It's got to be on all of our list, right? Okay, cool. Yeah, Yeah, it's all of our list. Yeah, Yeah. Spider-Man. I'm glad I I brought that up first. I am looking forward to Spider-Man 2. I don't know if I can play it. We're going to be out of town the weekend it All comes out. All three of us are going to be out but... of town the weekend it comes out. Oh yeah, out. that's that's right. <laughs> um, so, but I do I do plan on making time for it. Maybe Thanksgiving weekend. Oh yeah. I will sit down and like kind of. You're gonna wait a month for it. I don't know, Matt. Life is hard. You know, school is hard. Mm-hmm. But Just... the 19 inches of venom. Yeah. The 19 inches of venom is that the the <laughs> the statue the, the statue that okay yeah that's but there there are a lot of memes that came up around that because that was I think an insomniac or Sony like actual marketing person hmm. like wrote a tweet that was like here you can enjoy 19 inches of venom and it showed the statue uh-huh. but then obviously people were taking it down the sexual route and so now that's just the running joke and like how many inches of craven. It just like went on and on and on. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. okay. That's that's pretty funny. That that game but, looks so good. And all the previews yeah. are so positive. Like honestly, is there a chance that Spider Man is a game of the year contender? Like Baldur's Gate Baldur's Gate three is like killing things. Like it is just bananas, which I don't think any of us have played it. Is that right? No. Like there's so many nope. things like Final Fantasy sixteen was the top of my list up to this point like starfield came out i played a little bit of that but like man spider-man 2 like it just feels like the time is right for this to just be a huge palate cleanser like the one game that's going to like unite everybody not everybody's going to be into Baldur's gate 3 you know but Mm -hmm. like maybe everybody's into spider-man it looks so good i think it depends on where the story takes us that's I mean, fair. they're but they're going to be stronger together, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm. But in the end, there only be one. I, we don't know that. I will say this is like the most tried storyline of Spider-Man, which makes me a little bit cautious about the story in general. Like Venom has That's been fair. tried <laughs> everywhere. Like every single time yeah. Spider-Man as a movie comes out, um, Spider-Man. I guess, I guess there was part of it in Spider-Man three anyway um it's it's everywhere so i know this is not supposed to be eddie brock venom so i know they're taking their different spin on things but we'll see we'll see i hope they have at least one meme that is related to toby mcguire's spider-man and like him going to a jazz club like i hope there is a mission that goes to a jazz club if there is game of the year 2023 (laughs) I kind of want a nod to Across the Spider-Verse that's, like, not just a suit. But I don't know how they would do that. But that would be kind of cool. You know they're going to have, like, Spider-Punk in there. 
Like all those suits that they have? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it would be they, I, fantastic. I think they do. I think they announced that. Oh, they oh they already announced it? I've not yeah. looked at many things. I've listened to people when they've talked about it, but I kind of mm-hmm. just want to just want to experience it. it but i did see that fast travel can we talk about that fast travel? which one why are we fast traveling but i guess it's like twice the size the world map so it makes sense but that fast travel oh my gosh this looks like ratchet and clank rift apart like that ssd energy like has Dang. to be ps5 you know what i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> big yeah. ssd that big ssd energy <laughs> I mean, what, we're not going to get a subway montage of him riding the subway? Yeah. So, oh, well. R.I.P. It's just going to fade in and then fade out back to, like, Miles or Peter doing sit-ups on the side of a building. And then, boom, you're just moving. Moving and grooving. Moving and grooving. (laughs) Jinxie was so. No, Jinx, dang it. I can't believe we both said that. No, there was a delay. Listeners, we're recording this over Discord. Who knows? Only you can decide. Obviously, I'm You're editing, editing this, it. So I'll put mine first. <laughs> You're going to yeah. delay oh hers by God. like a second. <laughs> oh, my God. The world may never know. Um, Yeah, no, Spider-Man 2, definitely. I'm of the same ilk where I don't need to see previews. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see the reviews. Like, even if they're so confident that the reviews come out the week before, I can see the numbers. I don't want to hear them talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. pre-ordered the collector's edition. You know, I'll be enjoying my 19 inches of Venom. <laughs> Tiffany can partake oh as well if she God. so wishes. But I'll be able to enjoy, you know, and it'll go great with my uh, statue from the first game, which I won't mention uh, what it is of because it might be spoilers, you know. It was actually really nice for the first game. They uh, they did show what the collector's edition statue would be, but I didn't see it. Like, I ordered the collectors, but I was able to avoid what the statue was. And in the packaging, they actually had a a card that covered the statue, like, giving this is a potential spoiler. Like, if you don't want to get spoiled, don't, like, look at the statue yet. So I actually didn't touch the statue until I finished the game. And lo and behold, it it would be in a way it's I guess kind of predictable, but it is somewhat of a spoiler in case you didn't know anything about what the game would entail. So I did appreciate that. Uh, so thanks, Insomniac. Great packaging on that. Interesting. I'm Spider Man 2018 collectors. I'm looking it up right now because I I was I had no idea what this collector's edition was. And interesting, yeah, that would be a huge spoiler for that game. Wow. Yep. So thanks, Insomniac. You did a great job. Uh, on top of that, though, you know, that being one of them, I do want to pair it because Matt was talking about Barbenheimer before. You know, we covered that. He brought up in the Barbenheimer conversation, uh, Doom, Animal Crossing, because those came out on the same day, you know, right as the pandemic started a few years ago. Again, we have another Wombo combo, same day as Spider-Man 2. My second game I'm going to try and get to and finish before the end of the year, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Nice. That's excellent. And as little, yeah, as little as I've seen, you know, this is Mario truly on shrooms as what they've shown. But more importantly, right, it's a new 2D Mario. We haven't had one in a while. Still waiting for the next 3D Mario as well. But I think a lot of what I've seen, it looks like pure fun, right? Like Mario is one of those games that typically is solid platforming. 
it's a fun time. A lot of beautiful colors, a lot of upbeat attitude, right? This isn't going to be as dark as, you know, hopefully Spider-Man 2 gets with the whole symbiote story. But I'm excited to get to Mario Wonder just from a platforming perspective because it's also been a while since I've played one. And I think, right, no one does it better than Mario. Mm -hmm. So it'll be great to uh, fill in that time away when I can't play Spider-Man. I can play Mario Wonder instead because at least that's on the go on the Switch. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. I I don't know if it's on my list. Um, It wasn't the first three things that that I came to mind, but I am 100% picking that up. That's going to be a perfect game. Maybe after I finish the campaign of Spider-Man, boot that bad mm-hmm, boy up. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fantastic. Um, one thing, I'm glad you extended this out to January to February, because one game that I don't know if I'm going to get to this year, but I want to get to before February, specifically before February 29th, oh. is Crisis Core. That came out last year. I have like yes. waited on it. I've needed to play it. Now that we have Rebirth coming out February 29th, 2024, probably at this point my most anticipated game of next year. I need to get ready with Crisis Core because I I watched that trailer. I was confused. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. I'm like, yeah. I remember that one dude, but like I don't know any, any of his story. Oh, we're cool with Sephiroth? Cool. All right. Yeah, that's different than what I anticipated. <laughs> so I need yeah. to figure out what's going on. And so I'm going to figure out what's going on probably December, I think. I think December is the happy, the month that I could see that happening. Uh, hopefully get a platinum or at least close to it. And yeah, get ready for Rebirth because that game looks amazing. Every trailer that they show, all about it. All about it. Matt, I, I don't want to scare you, but... Similar to my experience in Octopath Traveler 2, there might be a boss you'll have to face in Crisis Core that gave me a similar time. Oh, no. Optional boss, at least for me. There there was one boss that took me very many tries before I was able to uh, to overcome, and it was also one of my last uh, trophies I needed for that platinum. So I'm just forewarning okay. you there might That's be good to know. a challenge good to know. ahead. So I, I yeah. need to not wait until next year like i need to do it in december at least start yes okay because that'll give you more perspective to see how difficult things can become because definitely uh some of the later missions do kind of test your skills in terms of can can you react Mm -hmm. can you uh handle the situations not just like oh you can over level it it's like you could be max level and it's really going to come down to your skill like can you time these blocks can you dodge away interesting okay cool I feel like I'm kind of also in that vein. I did not start Crisis Core either, and I got that on release. Um, So that could be an option, but I think I'm really thinking about going back to Hogwarts Legacy and Fire Emblem Engage. Those are the other two. Those came out this year, and one of my goals for this year was to complete Hogwarts Legacy, Mm -hmm. and I have not done that. And, you know, life got in the way, but I really was surprised when one of my friends, friend of the show, Ariel, she was on the ep- on an episode way back when, she is not a video gamer. She would never call herself that. She borrowed a PlayStation 4 and played Hogwarts Legacy and completed a playthrough. 
in like six to eight weeks, maybe less than eight weeks, something like that. But she started it. She finished it. And I was like, dang. And she's like, I had a fantastic time. This was amazing. And then she returned the PlayStation 4. (laughs) Uh, so I'm like, dang. Kudos to her. Yeah, she's finished it. I really need to finish it. I really need to finish it. So it honestly is a game that was surprisingly good. I I, I didn't get the platinum, but having at least did, having done the story, I would say this is a game that could satisfy someone that might call themselves not a gamer. And I think it's definitely a great game for people as long as you enjoy the IP that is Harry Potter. Yeah. I think it fits all the bills of saying, mm-hmm. well, if I like the IP and the game itself is solid, this has like a decent amount of quality of life for open world games. It has, uh, you know, at least on current gen platforms, I don't know how well it ran on, on PS4, but it has... Uh, you know, the current quality of life as well, right? Fast load times, great textures, great frame rate. Yeah. That definitely, this is a game that you can enjoy. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. And then Fire Emblem Engage, that game came out this year. I love Fire Emblem. Like, w- with Fire Emblem Three Houses, I blew through a playthrough of that. So, I'm kind of ashamed, my, ashamed of myself for having played so little Fire Emblem Engage. And so, uh, as Matt said earlier... He's a tactics fan. I'm also a tactics fan. I need to get on it. Maybe abandoning Snap is the way. Oh, no. It frees up so much time. I'm telling I you. I can't. I can't do that. I can't. I can't. It's Loki season. It Loki is, for all time. It is Loki season. Can't wait for that show to start. Mm-hmm. If all else fails, I will watch that show. Okay. And complete it. Yeah. I, that's definitely on my on my list. I need to get back, get back to it. Um, I guess my last game has already come out. I just have not played it yet, which is Lies of P. I, on purpose, the reason why I'm doing Persona 5 this week is because I only had a week before I'm away for a week. <laughs> I'll just be out of town. I won't be gaming. And I was like, I don't want to start Lies of P and then come back a week later. So I'm trying to finish up Persona 5 so I can have a fresh start. And Liza P, I'm really excited for it. It was on Game Pass. And just a Souls-like, I've heard really good things. Can't wait. Matt, there's an interesting thing, and I'm not going to say anything, but I was originally, you know, I'm not typically a Souls guy, right? I know we did enjoy Elden Ring together. Mm-hmm. We got some good co-op times, and, you know, I fingered you, you fingered me. <laughs> we, we had a blast. God. And <laughs> I'm just saying, George R. R. Martin's the perv here. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He wrote the lore. Uh, and so typically I'm not a Souls guy, right? I haven't played. I tried Bloodborne. I couldn't even beat Father Gascoigne. Struggled at that. Was able to beat the Cleric Beast, but, you know, people say Father Gascoigne is, like, the true first boss of Bloodborne. Uh, haven't played Demon Souls, you know, even the reboot, right, the remake that came out with PS5. Haven't played any of the Soul series. And similar thing was with Liza P for me, where I wasn't really interested in it. I like the idea because it is uh, based on Pinocchio, right? Like, this is Pinocchio Souls that it is uh, fondly being nicknamed. But in particular, uh, and I did look this up, but, you know, I won't mention in detail here. The post credits scene is very intriguing that depending upon how the future pans out, 
I might actually play Eliza P as well, hmm. based on how the post credit scene, how what it is insinuating, is very interesting. Interesting. Uh, yeah, and I don't want to say anything because it's definitely my mind's going spoilery. everywhere. I'm like, right, <laughs> <laughs> like the post credit scene but... is like poo, and then it's like a poo demon souls lies yeah. of honey. <laughs> yeah. Like the final, the final boss is Piglet. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh man. It's like a whole multiverse. Like take that Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, for real. Honestly, I'm just trying my best to not have to replay Kingdom Hearts this year because I really want to. I really oh, want God. to. God, if you did that, I would probably do that. Yeah. It's, it's or I really try to tempting. plat. No, Matt, you got to hold off. Once they show the first, the next trailer for Cage 4, that's when you start. Okay, yeah, you're right. Because that's when you know the next one's on the horizon. Maybe they'll give it a release window. It'll be like winter 2025. You'll have that in your head mm-hmm. and you'll be like, okay. Yeah. I now know I can pace it out like this to get and be done by the time that time frame hits. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, All right, well, I guess my last game... You know, as I extended it out to January, February for a reason. That's because January twenty sixth, you know, twenty twenty four. You had ulterior motives because you wanted I did, to include because this. I, I have to include <laughs> this because I mentioned it so much on a previous episode of the podcast. Like a dragon, infinite wealth. They, you know, from Sega, they showed more information about this. It is confirmed. It takes place in Hawaii. So this is the first oh, time. The one where he was like naked on a beach. Exactly. Mm. And they're speaking English. And we're like, why is he in a place naked on a beach speaking English? <laughs> <laughs> and indeed, he's, you know, buck ass naked in Hawaii. Um, and so this is the first time in the franchise we'll be outside of Japan, right? Typically, everything's been in Japan. You know, some of the games, they dip into Okinawa. But I guess that's still, you know, Japan, right, basically. And so this is the first time we'll have a like full length game outside of there, and it's it'll be interesting to see right their take their emulation of Hawaii and the islands. Um, and so I'm excited uh, mostly because of the uh, mini games they've showed, especially, and just the continuation of the Like a Dragon like series and its tropes in like with. Ichiban being the main character, but also them revealing a huge story bomb related to Kiryu in the trailer, which I actually don't appreciate because I feel like it's a major plot twist or not plot twist, but plot point. Mm -hmm. So I won't mention it here, but this definitely feels like it is a great transition right from the previous like a dragon games into this like new generation of like a dragon games. And so I don't know if I'll be able to finish it before Rebirth comes out. I think that's my major uh, time crunch there, right? Because it's only a month. And, you know, similar to some other games I played recently, that final uh, dungeon of Like a Dragon 7 was so difficult and took so much time. I remember grinding, I think, for like 12 hours just to be at a high enough level to even do the final dungeon. I hope that's not the same case. Uh, with eight, that there is some post game dungeon that just requires mad grinding. Because I think, as you know, a major gripe I had with seven was that the pacing was really awful. And even for a final optional dungeon, 
requiring that amount of grinding is also really bad. So I hope they've sorted it out, right? This is their second crack at the whip, as they say, uh, with term with the turn-based RPG. Um, but I'm really excited. It definitely looks like it's going to carry the humor. The models look great. You know, this is going to be a current-gen game, so I hope it also has all the uh, current-gen benefits, right, with the loading, with the frame rate and everything. So I'm highly anticipating this release. Cool. All right. Is that is that it, Tiffany? You don't have a third one? Or was your was your third one kind of the combined it was Hogwarts the co- and it was the combined. It was the combined. Okay. I, I, I wanted to focus on this year. You know, I wasn't breaking any rules to make it fit my needs like someone else around here. But uh those are the games that I plan I'm planning for my fall, you know, October and through December. All right. Great. And so with that, that brings us to the end of this episode. Leave a comment down below, like and subscribe, all that jazz. If you can do it on your podcast service as well, that'd be great. Thank you to Grandmaster Doug for our theme song. And until next time, take care. That big SSD energy. <laughs> Moving. Moving and Moving grooving. And grooving. Yeah. Jinxie was so. No, Jinx, dang it.